Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And Mark today, I'm filling in once again for Jody McDonald. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Barzetta. That's your man right there, Mr. John McMullen, all things Eagles. John, good morning. How are you doing today, friend? Uh, I'm doing well. Good to see you, Mark. I get the, I get you more for a ha- than a half hour today. That's exciting. Oh, that's right, man. Oh, I'm excited to go the distance with you today, my friend. We got so much to get into. Preseason game number one down Balmer taking on the Ravens, those other birds, of course, just down uh, I-95 with a belly full of crabs. We'll be crab feeling cakes. good, hopefully. Crab yeah. cakes. I just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make anybody, are you a crab guy? Do you love your crabs? Oh, I love my crab. That's my favorite, uh, favorite food in the world. Yeah. Uh, my honest. mother, my mother's from down there. I had a crab feast last weekend, cracking them open, baby, having myself a time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, can't go wrong. Eagles fans will do that as well. No, you can't go wrong, John. You're exactly right. Uh, I, uh, I hate this about myself, but uh, I gotta, I gotta admit this, John. I am, I oddly get excited for preseason game number one, I, any preseason game. Yeah. I, I want to watch the position battles, I want to see who wins those battles. I know the 
do you even call it the unofficial depth chart? Um, I don't know, but uh, it, yeah, it's very, I love it. It's one of the low key. I put this on Twitter. It's one of my low key favorite uh, days of the year. The unveiling of the unofficial depth chart. Cause I, you know, I, I don't think fans understand how not effort is put into this thing. Um, and it just creates a, just a whirlwind. And it was funny, our, our buddy Brandon Lee Gowton, uh, I give Bleeding Green Nation credit. Um, evidently, there was, I'm trying to pull it up as as I'm talking to you, Mark. Um, it, it, on Ross Tucker's podcast, another friend of the show, um, a former Eagles intern was on. He now does some uh, podcast work. And he told a story. At 22 years old, he was responsible for updating the depth chart. <laughs> I mean, and it's just the people lose their minds over it. It's not mm. like Nick Sirianni's handing the, you know, from Price Waterhouse, you know, how they do the awards <laughs> and uh, handing it over and saying, uh, you know, christening it. It's, you know, low man on the totem pole. Hey. Did you go to practice yesterday? Put something together. Mm -hmm. uh, but boy, it creates a lot of talk. It's, right. it's hilarious. All right. So maybe you can help me with this then. So Cam Jurgens, according to the unofficial depth chart, is your starting right guard to the surprise of no one. However, every other position battle, quote unquote, has a, I'll call it, bunch formation under the first team. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing that in years past. I, and if if it did, if I did see it, then that means that other position battles weren't set up. Like for instance, Cam Jurgens. Okay, but in the running back, first team running back, there's five running backs. So apparently, there's going to be five running back. I don't know if you're only going to have like two offensive linemen. Yeah. I don't know, but there's five running backs. Uh, you're going to have a situation now where you have two starting safeties at the free safety or strong safety position because both Kayvon Wallace and Terrell Edmonds were listed as first-team starters. And then I think it was Will Linebacker was the other one with Christian Ellis getting the top bid, uh, but he's running along there with Nicholas Morrow. Uh, have you ever seen that before with the, the multiple first-teamers in the same spot? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. it, it, it's a college thing. That's where oh. it started. You got and or um, when they don't want you, you know, competitive advantage, you know. You know, Nick Sirianni, 23 in a row for Baltimore. So you need some kind of an advantage to win a preseason game against that team. Um, no, being facetious. Yeah, I, I mean, it's been around for a while. It's mainly a college thing. But, yeah, I, if you'll notice, the running backs are also in alphabetical order. Are they in alphabetical order? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So that's how they put it together. Um, and, you know. That's why you're supposed to, you don't have to listen to me, but you're listening to somebody who's there all the time. Um, and you get a better feel uh, for the depth chart and where it actually is. Um, you know, my biggest pet peeve, and Jody and I talk about this all the time, the defense, they don't even play the defense of the depth chart. You know, they play 5-2. They play 4-2. Um, they play, you know, with one linebacker and they got Sam, Mike and Will, and they got a front four and Brandon Graham as a starting defensive end. I mean, you know, does anybody not pay attention to how they play defense? Mm. You got yeah. a nose tackle. You got two, four eyes. You got two edge rushers. That's the five man front, the four man front. 
in obvious passing situations, there's never three linebackers on the field, ever. Nicobe Dean was the third linebacker on this team last year. He had 34 snaps. Because TJ Edwards and uh, um, Kaiser White were able to stay healthy for the entire season. Uh, and yet people are still talking, do they play a 4-3? Do they play a 3-4? How about neither? Yeah. It's a answer. Yeah. Uh, I and you have a guy like Avante Maddox playing seventy five percent of your snaps as your you know nickel corner. So yeah, yeah it's the, the base defense. The base the, three. the yeah. base defense yeah. is the nickel, yeah. as you point out, <laughs> uh, Mark. Exactly. Uh, so all right, where are we at, John? Going into preseason game number one, I know you have said multiple times, multiple outlets that Kenny Gainwell is RB one for this team, and we we broke this down. We talked about this a lot yesterday. But now that you're going to be going into this preseason game, because you consider him RB1, is he going to get any snaps? Who do you think is getting snaps out of that backfield uh, going up against the Ravens? Well, that's another thing. we got to get Ethan Hunt on the case to try to find out, you know, uh, who's going to play for the Philadelphia Eagles in the first preseason game because that information is just too important to uh, hand out by the head coach. Um you know, they had a double header last night in the NFL. Uh, if you're really sick and you're watching NFL Network, um, Houston, New England, and I believe Seattle, Minnesota. So I was looking at it that, that everybody, I, I, New England sat 33 players, Seattle was over 30, Minnesota was 26, 27. And Houston was uh, the lowest because they're the worst team. So they don't really have a lot of guys they got to protect. They were at 18, I believe. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't – let's put it this way. If the Eagles do play their starters, you know, be in your seat. Don't be in the kitchen getting stuff because they're not going to be in long. Um, but – the, the second part that complicates it is Cleveland's going to be in Monday. Um, so, you know, in less than a week, you're going to see the Eagles play two preseason games and have two joint practices. So, because the, the game next week is Thursday. Um, that, that timing indicates, and the only thing Nick gave you yesterday was it could affect his decision that timing of Cleveland being in uh, imme essentially immediate. They, they play, they have a rest day, then joint practice, bang. Um, and that's for the starters. That's where the starters are going to get their work. So, yeah, don't expect to see a lot of the key players uh, in Baltimore. Whether they, you know, Jalen Hurts has a lot of cachet now, you know, runner-up MVP, third NFL Network list, top 100 from his peers. You know, I asked him that yesterday, Mark. I said, you know, what's your feeling on on preseason football? And he said, hey, if we're playing. I want to play. You know, he might go to the head coach and say, I want a series or two. And he might defer to him at this point. Um, not two. Last year, he played in the first preseason game. They had, uh, and he was six for six. It was good foreshadowing of the season. He had a perfect passer rating, and then he was out, you know, one drive. If it's going to happen, that's how it's going to happen. One drive, out. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, one of the other things I know was asked to Jalen Hurts yesterday was that whole coaching hard story that has been it has been a you know storyline this training camp. Nick Sirianni not afraid to get in his face when the two met some years ago. It was all about how Jalen Hurts likes to be coached hard. You know, don't be afraid, coach, to coach me hard. I like how that's become a storyline. How much does that really set the precedent, though, for everybody else in that locker room when they see a guy like Jalen Hurts, who Cam Jurgens pointed out, I think it was yesterday, you know, he's the highest paid guy. When he's the highest paid guy and he's working that hard, you want to do that same thing. That's how the culture and the tone is set in that locker room. It's got to also apply to the fact that the coach gets on him when he is not having himself a good practice, when he's not playing to the standard that he's already set. How does that affect the rest of the locker room? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I, I don't think it's a new thing. I'm surprised it popped up. You remember he's getting yelled at on the sidelines uh, the one time. You know, Nick has brought this up constantly, you know, what they have in common. They're both the sons of football coaches. So they both have that same mentality of getting yelled at from an early age, and they, they take it the right way. Whereas, you know, I don't think Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett are yelling at Aaron Rodgers. Um, I just don't believe that, you know, he's running that show, so to speak. Um, and that's most superstar quarterbacks, you know, Patrick Mahomes, even, even Andy, you know, he's not going balls to the wall against Patrick Mahomes. Um, Jalen's unique. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing because if somebody's going to say, what was me? The coach is being hard, you know, there's certain guys, Bill Parcells, Mike Zimmer was probably the most recent, who ironically is a unironically is a Bill Parcells guy. So you know where he got it from. Um, you know, that's sort of an old school way of coaching that you don't see much today, uh, with the new generation of player. Yeah, it's unique. And you can't complain if you're on the Eagles. And the head coach is yelling at you because he'll yell at the starting quarterback. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I know a lot of people can identify with it because, I mean, I you go out and you talk to fans at any point and they're, they're telling you about how, you know, how, if you drop a pass, you should run a lap, you know, stuff like that, you know. But when it is a guy that is, you know, making an all pro uh, as your quarterback and as you mentioned, the other accolades that he's had, the MVP runner up <laughs> and all that. Yeah, that that's if you could get on that guy, you could, you could get on anybody. Um, as far as the other starters that could be playing in preseason game number one. The only thing that Nick Sirianni was a little bit open about yesterday during his press conference was the young guys and potentially seeing the young guys out there. So do you think we're going to get our first glimpse at Nolan Smith coming around the oh, edge? Yeah. Do you think we're going to see, okay, Jalen Carter, what are your expectations there? Yeah, those guys are going to play. Um, and that's sort of, you know, just part of it. And they've started them. I mean, Jalen Carter – has gotten a handful of first team reps. I'm surprised how slow they've gone with him. Uh, so he's played the majority of his work with the second team. Nolan Smith got a few more first team reps, but that was only because uh, Hassan Reddick was out early in camp with, with the sore groin. Um, and he's back mainly working uh, with the second team. Um, so yeah, those guys are going to play Sydney Brown as well. It's going to be very important for Sydney because he's not been able to break through. I think, you know, the Eagles have so much depth on the defensive line. I, I, I don't think it's a surprise that they're going slow with Jalen Carter or, or 
Nolan Smith. But at safety, I think a lot of people thought Sidney Brown would be the starter by week one. It is not trending in that direction. Um, now, hey, you know, preseason's important for guys like that. That's where it is important. Um, and the joint practices as well, because he'll get plenty of reps there. So there's plenty of time to make up um, sort of the gap. Uh, and he certainly got more talent than the people ahead of him on the depth chart. Um, but, yeah, it's important for younger players, rookie players, and and that kind of thing. It's not important for Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox, et cetera, Brandon Graham the quarterback, um, A.J. Brown, Devontae, even younger stars. Um, Certainly Landon Dickerson, who has a history with injuries. Josh Sweat, who has a history of injuries. They're going to be very cautious with him, as they always are. Um, Hassan Reddick, obviously. Maybe the most interesting of the um, so-called key players to me, will be Nicobe Dean. Like, where are they with Nicobe Dean? Are they going to defer to him like he should be? Probably shouldn't be. We just talked. I mean, he's only had 34 snaps. He's in his NFL career. He's just missed essentially four consecutive practices of teamwork. You probably want to see him out there. But he he's probably the most interesting of how I want to see how they handle. He's the most interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, my gut tells me he doesn't play uh, Saturday night. And it's for the reasons that you pointed out that Nick Sirianni was talking about is because it's such a quick turnaround where the Browns are in town and you'll have the joint practices. Do you expect N'Kobe Dean to be out there on, on this Saturday night? Well, here, here's what kind of, I, I said, no, okay. I said no originally. Now I thought the Eagles wouldn't, Keep. I thought the Eagles would keep him limited for for yesterday's practice, and he'd work in individual and not do teamwork again, and that would make it an easy decision to sit him. But he was back. He was a full go at practice. So I I was surprised by that. I was okay. surprised that the Eagles did it that way. Um, I think though that they are going to treat him like an entrenched starter. And they did that with Jalen two years ago when his first season, we we're all saying, oh, he's got to have some reps, right? He needs some reps. And then we're like, no, he's a starting quarterback. You know, we're not worried about it. He's um, entrenched. Now, obviously that's a far more important position, um, but Nicobe's the quarterback of the defense. It is important. And, yeah, how they handle him the entire preseason is going to be interesting to me. Okay. Uh, you mentioned something a second ago, and you're not the first person I've heard say this, so it does have me a, a little bit concerned here. Why is it not trending in the right direction for Sidney Brown to be a starting safety on this team? A lot of people obviously they invest a nice pick in Sidney Brown. He's got a great <laughs> you know, college resume now coming into the pros. Kayvon Wallace has not had a great start to his NFL career, was kind of pushed to the wayside by the coaching staff uh, under Jonathan Gannon. Wasn't really grabbing, uh, you know, eyebrow or excuse me, I, I, uh, eyeballs on him. Uh, of course, as a safety. Now you have Terrell Edmonds in here. Why is it Sidney Brown, Brown not learning the playbook? Is he slow at the NFL level, trying to understand what's going on around him? 
or is it the exact opposite with Kayvon Wallace and Terrell Edmonds just looking that much better? Why, why is Sidney Brown not trending in the direction of being a starter? Well, and and I should have added by week one, you know, I think the goal is to get him on the field by some point. It might be week eight, week nine. You know, he's got, you know, more talent. I'm not saying long term. I just think week one, Foxborough, it's not trending in a positive direction. Okay. Um, he's on the third team now. I mean, he, he fell behind Josh, uh, 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 Justin Evans, um, for getting reps. So right now Reed Blankenship's he's a starter. Yeah. Um, and then it's been Terrell Edmonds and Kayvon Wallace. Terrell has seemed to, um, have inched ahead again over the past couple of days, but I think that'll be, um, you know, the Cleveland practices will be big for that. Uh, Kayvon, I think the new coaching staff probably really helped Kayvon Wallace because I think he was a little pigeonholed by the old group. Uh, and they're taking a new look at him. He's taking advantage of it. And then Justin Evans is a player that you don't hear much about. But I think the coaching staff thinks a lot higher of him, especially his coverage skills, than maybe the average man. And for those who don't know, I mean, this that guy was once a, a second round pick, uh, a pretty, you know, pretty high pick. And he was a starter in Tampa Bay before injuries kind of took over uh, for a few years. So he's got some talent. And then Sydney's on been on the third team with either Tristan McCollum or Josiah Scott playing safety. Um, it's just a young player who, he, he plays a million miles an hour is how I describe it. And he's just, when he guesses right, it looks really impressive. Uh, but often he guesses wrong. Um, and that'll come with experience. He's got to slow down, needs sort of a, a dampener. He's like Chip Kelly. If Chip Kelly's scheme turned into a player, <laughs> it would be Sidney Brown. He's always going, and when it works, and he, you know, boom, he's there. But Kenny Gainwell, you know, it was a perfect, it was a red zone drill. Uh, they ran sort of an inside sweep, um, inside handoff, turned into a sweep to Kenny. Sidney had him dead to rights, and he's like, boom, he's got this impressive burst. And Kenny's just like, all right, shook, came inside, easy touchdown. Um, that's the kind of thing. And he's, he's still feeling his way, but he's got a lot of talent. Um, I just think week one is not trending in a positive direction. Gotcha. Uh, you mentioned Kenny Gainwell there a second ago. I, I hadn't seen this drill yet. I've heard of this drill. I just didn't see that the Eagles did it. And I think it was, um, Dave Zingarell that asked Kenny Gainwell about the drill. And it was, uh, who was it? Jamal Singleton, the running back coach for the, uh, the Eagles putting on a boxing glove. And punching oh, yeah. the running backs, trying to punch the ball loose. And Kenny Gainwell did say that sometimes Singleton misses. <laughs> he doesn't just get the ball against the arm. He'll, you know, he'll get you somewhere else, unfortunately. But he said that that's a drill that they've been doing uh, for a little bit here. I didn't see it. Is this the first time in Eagles practice that oh, their no. running backs he's coach been... are putting on the boxing gloves? No, he's been doing it since he got here. Okay. I mean, Jamal, by, by November every year, Jamal Singleton is just worn out. I'm just beating the crap out of people. <laughs> His hands are like, you know. No, yeah, since day one, he's been doing it. 
and it is fun to watch. Um, uh, and, you know, they not only have Jamal puts the boxing gloves on and he'll take swings at people. Uh, they also have boxing gloves on big sticks. Um, that I remember. That I yeah. remember seeing that, yeah. Um, and he also has this sort of chain on the football drill, which is a lot of fun, which I haven't seen this year yet, but he, he's done it in the past. And, you know, guys really have a difficult time. And it, it it's fun, especially the first time where he just jerks that chain and it's coming out. And they're like, God, yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of expletives. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a fun he's a he's a fun coach, uh, Jamal Singleton, to watch. Um yeah, and he's an Air Force guy, and he will knock the you-know-what out of you. Uh, they released – if people haven't seen it, they released a video. The Eagles put out a video on their Twitter. The drone their video. Their yeah, the drone was there. The drone was there with the uh, the, the, the getting the aerial shots of the uh, the gauntlet drill, which Kenny yeah. Gainwell said was his favorite. He likes the gauntlet drill. And then there was a follow-up question. It was like, what about that drill where you get punched? And he's like, <laughs> you know, not my favorite, but, you know, it's the drill that helps us because it's just like a game, you know, minus the boxing glove. Uh, you don't have that in the game, swinging at the ball. But uh, one of the things I found interesting was that Kenny Gainwell said um, it's a drill that really does help them progress uh, in terms of making sure they do have that good ball security. Yeah, it should. I mean, they've been very good with ball security um, generally. Um, they put up big ball security. It, it kind of worked against them. They were tremendous for the first half of the season. And they put up these big banners about ball security, and then they started turning it over a little bit. But um, they've been very good with ball security. And, you know, that's one of the – when they do have some issues, um, you'll, hear, you'll hear Nick at practice really ramping up during ball security drills. So they pay a lot of attention to it. And yeah, Jamal does a uh, tremendous job, but he's been doing it since day one, since he got here. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. Um, when we see the offensive line, uh, you mentioned Jason Kelsey most likely not playing uh, in this game. He doesn't need the reps, obviously. But can I well, assume now, now real quick? Yeah. Again, I go back to the first. I don't think they're going to play. That's my assumption. If they do play, like I said, Jalen Hurts has some cachet. They're not putting Jalen Hurts on the field without the first-team offensive line. So, you know, they might play a series. That's your ceiling, um, and that's what happened last year. Or it might be two series if they go three and out, you know. But last year they scored. I, I forget how many plays it was, so it was one series. Um, and, and, and that's sort of the ceiling not only for the offensive line, the quarterback, all the key players, that's sort of the ceiling. Um, and the the timing of that Cleveland practice, that's why I lean towards last year, it was a Saturday game. So they played the first game, then they had more time. Um, and that's why they probably did it the way they did it. They don't have any time this time. That's why I'm leaning towards, they probably rest uh, most of the starters, but Hey, Jalen might put his foot down. Like I said, he's got some cachet. A lot of things in play. Uh, absolutely, a lot of stuff in play there. So when it comes to guys like Tyler Steen, are we looking at him 
because uh, I do want to get a look at him at the right guard spot. And if he does have to go in there, I know there should be could be some change in the offensive line as the season goes on. The ebbs and flows of the year, of course. But when it comes to a guy like Tyler Steen, how much of him do you think we'll see on Saturday night? Oh, a lot of Tyler Steen. I think he's going to play right guard and left tackle because uh, they're cross-training him at his natural position as well, which is, you know, left tackle. Um, played tackle in college. He played right tackle, then left tackle. But he played left tackle at Alabama. Um, and, yeah, he'll play there and also play at right guard. So you're going to see a lot of Tyler Steen, a lot. You might see a whole half, something like that. Of nature he'll be a real big part of it i know these two are battling it out for the third wide receiver spot right now but uh quez Watkins got another i don't know if you want to call it endorsement by reed blankenship yesterday when he said of the young guys and i guess he's not including Devonte smith in this but of the young guys yeah. quez Watkins has really grabbed his attention how much of quez how much of zacchaeus zacchaeus whichever you want to say it however uh how much of those guys are we expected to see run with uh either you know uh marcus mariota or jalen hurts yeah, those guys, I mean, those guys have to play. I mean, AJ and, and Devontae are the protected ones at receiver. Everybody else has got to play. Um, and you'll see some Quez, uh, probably not a ton. Uh, Alamade, by the way, you mentioned uh, Reed bringing up Quez. I was surprised James Bradbury brought up Alamade because Alamade had a problem with some drops earlier in camp, but he's been better over the past couple of days. He's made some big plays. So uh, James Bradbury's taking notice of that. Um, you're going to see both of those guys and, you know, the Joseph Nottas of the world, the back end receivers. They just brought in a kid, Johnny King, who's like six, five. You're going to see him. He's impressive physically. Britton Cubby. Um, Keep an eye on him because he looks much quicker, much more competent this year as a slot receiver. Uh, Greg Ward, old faithful, just always doing the right things. You're going to see Greg. Tyree Cleveland, Jaden Hazelwood. You're going to see all those guys. Um, but Alamade and Quez, will, they'll be the key guys. They won't play as much because they're, they're going to be on the team, but they're going to they're gonna play. Fair enough. Uh, now, in honor of my dear friend, uh, our dear friend, Jody McDonald, coming up, I do have to ask you about the tight end battle. I know Jody always likes getting into that conversation. And uh, we haven't even mentioned it yet, John, but we've talked about these individual players on the field coming up on Saturday night for their first preseason game. But there's one thing we haven't talked about yet, and I think it's the number one concern. Uh, number one thing I'm going to be watching for coming up in this game on Saturday night against the Ravens. More Birds 365 when we return.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You're muted, Mark. You're muted. There Come you go. on. There Rookie you mistake. go. Rookie mistake. There you Kids go. are getting ready to go out to school uh, there, John. So the there house got a little noisy. I didn't want to. They don't want to step on you. anything you're saying. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta have mutes on, on, on the finger at all times myself, Mark. You never know. <laughs> the dogs, dogs, uh, yeah, uh, mainly the dogs. Uh, I got, uh, uh, I got the landscapers here, so you might hear some of that. Uh, yeah, they always tend to come when uh, the show's on the air. Funny how that works. Yeah, copy that. Uh, I, I was saying as I was muting myself, uh, Jody McDonald's off again today. I am in with the great John McMullen here on Birds 365. It is my great honor. John, I have a concern, and it's something we haven't touched on yet, and I, I don't think I'm alone in this concern. The biggest change for the Eagles this year is that they have two new coordinators. Obviously, Brian Johnson with the offense, and they had Sean decide with the defense. The number one thing I'm going to be looking for, and it's going to be a long buzzword, organization. I don't want to see false starts. Uh, I don't yeah. want to see, you know, I can't hear the call. What's the call? We're going to go again. I don't want to – if Nicobe Dean plays, whoever their middle linebacker is, whoever's going to be the green dot, I want to see easy communication between the sidelines and the field, and I want to see an organized, uh, well-coached yeah. You're asking a lot. You're asking a lot. Is it Um, it really that much? Well, I watched about 10 minutes of preseason football last night. I, you know, was sitting down, uh, um, got out the iPad, got out the NFL Plus, and it was Seattle, uh, Minnesota, the late game. 
And in those 10 minutes, I think I saw five penalties. Um, so it's not just the Eagles. They've had a lot of uh, pre-snap issues. And then, you know, I asked Nick about the tweak in the schedule this week uh, because the Eagles added uh, a Tuesday practice. They moved the Wednesday practice to uh, Lincoln Financial Field. I just said, you know, what's that about? Because that's kind of weird to change a, a training camp schedule. And, you know, he was pretty honest about it. He didn't say, and, it, 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 and he was talking about how he did not like the communication at the open practice at the link. Um, and then we get there on Wednesday, and you probably saw the story that got, you know, the Eagles up in an ire because Howie's over there yelling at Sean Desai uh, to pay attention, essentially. And that's what he was doing. So the <laughs> Eagles can, you know, poo-poo it all they want. But the GM had to tell the defensive coordinator, yo, dude, this is ones versus twos. Get the right people out there. Well, you tell me how you take that, Mark. I, I just, that's, just, that's a story. And look, if I was the Eagles, yeah, I would, I would not be happy that that got out, but that's on me. Like, have a little accountability. That's on you. That's not on – that's not on uh, – that's on the Eagles. That's not on a reporter. To yeah. put it out there. That's 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 newsworthy. I want to know about that. If I'm an Eagles fan and I want to know what's going on in the lake in a, in a practice period that I'm not invited to, that's a, that's a little tidbit of information I'd like oh, to know. Uh, it, we all report it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's what we saw. We're allowed to report it. Uh, they're they're trying to you know couch it the best way possible. And for those people, and there are, I mean, I go back to cut. Because I asked Jonathan Gannon a question last year, and Jonathan, as he is apt to do it sometimes, uh, sticks his foot in the mouth, and he mentioned uh, uh, Howie Roseman when it came to game planning, if you remember that, Mark. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and that became a thing. And basically, he just misspoke. Howie's not involved with game planning, he, but he's in charge of the roster. So, you know he's got to tell the coaching staff what's up personnel wise. And that's what he meant. That's all he meant. But, um, you know, people are like, how was involved with game planning? What, what is Howie doing involved with game planning? Um, and the same thing here, what's Howie doing on the field? He's always on the field. Number one. I mean, he's the GM of the football team, but yeah. And he was just the closest guy to Sean Desai. So it was sort of a, um, chain thing you know telephone so right it's like, um, yeah, look, it's like I, hey I, dude get it get it right basically i i will say this i feel like especially in the early goings with uh nick sirianni in his first you know two two preseasons i have felt like them for the most part they have been organized they have been you know uh well coached they have been ready to go they've been you know somewhat disciplined so I don't feel like it is a big ask. I think I feel like it's a bare minimum. Like just show me that you got these guys organized, ready to go. Look, penalties are going to happen. Uh, you're going to have false starts. You're going to get drawn off sides. But in the first quarter of the game, uh, or however long you have most of your starters in, 
I just want to see that it's organized. I want to see the communications there. Mm -hmm. I want to see that they're on the same page as far as all that goes. And Brian Johnson, I, look, I know they have this great relationship, him and Jalen Hurts, but they haven't had this relationship yet. Offense coordinator, play caller to quarterback. And that's the new relationship that they got to work on. So, and Nick Sirianni, one thing I did like about what he said, it wasn't just his coach's communication. It was his own communication. So he did put some of the blame on himself there. Um, but when it comes to Sean Desai and it comes with Brian Johnson, I just need to see that whatever language they're speaking on the sideline is the same language they're speaking during the game. Yeah, well, I think there's going to be some hiccups. Oh, oh, I mean, oh John. I mean, oh, boy. Oh, this I, is not going to be fun. I, well, you know, if you go back to – people forget, you know, if you go back to Nick's first year, you know, they had the big win in Atlanta, and then they, you know, kind of fell off the rails – they were two and five before they turned it around. I think they were either first in the NFL in penalties or second over that span. Um, they were committing a lot of penalties. And there's like a give and take to their philosophy where they don't practice a ton. And that's the, the, the give. I mean, early in the season, you're probably going to be a little bit sloppy. Um, they don't have a lot of grass time, as Doug Peterson would say. Um, and I agree overall with their philosophy, which is, you know, basically you don't have the time to prepare like you used to anyway. So it becomes the cost benefit of get to week one as healthy as possible. I agree with that. Get there as healthy as possible. But you're going to have some hiccups. And that's with... If Steichen was back, if Gannon was back, if Denard Wilson, I still think they would have some hiccups because they don't practice that much. Um, so, you know, I think it's kind of baked into how they do things a little bit. Fair enough. Uh, when it comes to Brian Johnson, uh, obviously Sean Desai is a story that's out there that's not exactly very encouraging, but, you know, it, it happened, so it's worth talking about. The other part of it is Brian Johnson. So is there been anything that Nick Sirianni has done different this year with new def new defensive and offensive coordinators uh, in terms of giving them more of an opportunity before the season starts, before you get into your first preseason game, to have them call plays on their own, run that two-minute drill where they're calling the plays and they're working on that, on that communication? Is there anything different this year uh, when it comes to the way that Nick Sirianni is organizing his practices with his two new, new coordinators? No, I just think maybe he's a little bit more hands-on, but he's always been hands-on. Like, I, I think he's more hands-on with the defense than he was with when Gannon was here. Um, and he knew Gannon for a longer period of time. Uh, they coached together in Indianapolis. Um, so, you know, that'll probably grow. But he's always been a hands-on guy. Like, when he first got here, he was all over the receivers and he was a receiver. Um, and I was like, all right, is it, does this guy know he's the head coach? Cause he's just micromanaging the receivers and the Eagles were having issues at the time at that position. And Aaron Moorhead was the coach and he was a holdover. There was talk. He wasn't coming back. Then he was, I think they were looking for another receiver coach. It all worked out because DeMonte turned into DeMonte. Then they got AJ Brown. Uh, but he was really hyper-focused on the receivers. Um, and I think he's been hyper-focused a little bit more on the defense 
And he should be because there's no the offense has so much talent. They got to replace two starters. The defense has a new coordinator, new linebackers coach, new secondary coach. Got elevated, but Denard Wilson isn't here. Um, five new starters. There's there's much more change on the defensive side, so it, it makes sense. And and Nick's a a CEO head coach, and he pays attention to all parts of the team. Um, so I think a little bit more this year than in the past. So a little bit more hands-on for Nick Sirianni is a difference. Um, when it comes to Brian Johnson, though, what, how has he come off when you're down there as far as communicating with Jalen Hurst, communicating with his entire offensive unit? I know one of the first things that, that Jason Kelsey talked about when it came to any order of praise for Brian Johnson was that his communication was exactly where you wanted it to be. It was exactly what Shane Steichen kind of brought to the table, what Nick Sirianni has brought to the table, like communication on all levels with everybody. So obviously that's a great thing. But when it comes to him on the field, does he look like a guy that's comfortable out there in his new role? Is there any learning curve for him that he is trying to get under wraps before he's on the sideline for his first NFL game, albeit preseason, calling plays? Well, there's a learning curve, but I I don't – Brian's not uncomfortable with anything. I mean, for those who don't know, he was a pretty good college quarterback at Utah. So I think that factors into it. Um, So he's got that quarterback presence about him. Um, And he called plays at the college level at a bunch of different places. So it's not like he's never done it before, but you know, you're always going to have hiccups when you're doing it for the first time at the NFL level. You know, I, I've always described it like this, Mark, it's Nick's offense, but we've already seen Nick as a play caller and Shane Steichen as a play caller with all due respect to Nick. I love you, buddy. Shane's a better play caller. Um, He just is. There's a there's a feel for it. Um, and I give Nick Sirianni a lot of credit for saying, you know what? This is a big job, and I want to be involved with this and this and this and this. So I'm going to hand this off to this guy who's really good at it, and he was really good at it. Um, is Brian Johnson going to be as good as Shane Steichen? Mm, probably not. I, I'm My comfortable... If I if I were an Eagles fan, I'd say I want him to be better than Nick at least. Um, but Shane was really good. I have a ton of respect for Shane as a play caller. See, just looking at it, uh, no pun intended, from a bird's eye view, I really just don't think Nick Sirianni is a very good play caller. And I think Nick Sirianni knows he's a naughty, he's not a very good play caller. He'd rather be able to, you know, be that very general general where he's kind of just managing everything there on the sidelines. Sure. Making big decisions fourth downs and, and all that stuff, what type of play they're going to run in a, a crucial moment. Sure. He'll, he'll get involved in that and game planning. He wants to do all the homework in the world. And then he wants Brian Johnson essentially to take the test. But when you have a guy who's never called plays at the NFL level and there's no feeling out period, it's just, yeah, he's going to do it. And you mentioned the experience. Yes. You can talk about his, his college career as a player, you can talk about his college career as a coach. You can talk about all that. He's got the experience, but not at the NFL level. So I think of it more as a, an admission of Nick Sirianni of, look, I understand what I'm good at. I understand where I can thrive. 
So I'm going to put other people in a position where they will, I know, have more success than I would. Like, I don't, yes, Nick Sirianni is a play caller. No, thank you. But Shane Steichen, you, I agree with you 100%, was great at the role. Brian Johnson is still very much an unknown. I love all the beautiful stories of puppy dogs and ice cream about Jalen Hurts and him having this wonderful relationship since Jalen Hurts was four years old. But they've never had this relationship where they've had to call plays into the other, had that feel for where the other's at. That's one thing that should be great. But until I see it on the field at a consistent basis, and we're not going to really see it until the season really starts, obviously. We'll get a taste, hopefully, in the first preseason game. But we won't really know until the situation is at hand. Yeah. And by the way, with Nick, I'm a big CEO coach guy. I'm I'm surprised. I love that term for, for head coaches, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised more owners don't go in that direction because, you know, there's there's a cliche around the NFL. It's been there for years. If you're hiring a scheme, you're doing it wrong. Uh, meaning, um, you know, somebody could have success somewhere. Nathaniel Hackett, perfect example, has great success in Green Bay. Gee, I wonder why. Right. And then he goes to be a head coach, and he's a disaster. Um because it's a much bigger job and it's not just about a scheme or a philosophy on one side of the football. The biggest, probably the biggest part of being a head coach is managing personalities. Um, and you know, but that, that stuff's intangible, you know, there's enough, there's no grade, there's no number, you know, everybody's got to have a number to explain the, you know, Nick Sirianni's good at managing people. You know, people in in your jobs over the years, Mark, you probably had good people uh, in, in positions of power who were managing people well, and you probably had bad ones at some point. And you could tell the difference. Same thing with coaches. Um, and I'm surprised how many every year, oh, so-and-so had a good offense in wherever, or so-and-so at a good defense, let's hire that guy when it's about like people hate that. I, I think Jonathan Gannon is a good coach. People hate that. Uh, Howie Roseman told Eagles fans, we're renting this guy. He's going to be a head coach. He's got a presence about him. Uh, you know, I, I see fans in the chat. Sean decides going to be a head coach uh, a year or two down the line. No, he's not. No, he's not. You, you you don't see the difference between the personalities. To be a head coach in this league, you have to manage people well. You have to manage people well. Be a great defensive coordinator. Jim Johnson, right, didn't want to be a head coach. He knew his limitations. He knew his limitations. Great defensive coordinator. There's a lot. There's so many great coordinators that are bad head coaches. So many. The, what, the Peter principle. You want to rise to the point of your own incompetence and then you go, oh, yeah, this isn't for me, and then get yeah. the hell out. Yeah. Uh, or someone says, you need to get the hell out. Uh, but by the way, real quick, just because you mentioned bosses, uh, shout out to the best boss I ever had, Fred Gadelli, producer of Sunday Night Football, producer of uh, uh, Thursday Night Football on Amazon, now going to be an executive with the network. Uh, just went into the Football Hall of Fame this past weekend. So congratulations to the best boss I ever had. Fred there we Gidell. go. How about Perfect that, example. Perfect. Nicely, I, nicely done. I'm going to tell you right now, you want to talk about accountability? 
whether you were number 120, if you were crew member 120 on the production list, and for the record, I think I was like 118, so there's two <laughs> below me, uh, or you were Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, whoever, you were treated all the same, man. Accountability at well, your now, job. See that we're going to disagree because oh, I always come love, on, I always love Jimmy Johnson's quote. It's, a, um, it's the best. I know. Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like you know, and I'm obviously we're talking about the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin era. It was like <laughs> I, I'll treat you all fairly, but I'm not treating you all the same. You know. <laughs> what is it? The other one was uh, some are more. I thought you treated all your players equal. Some are more equal than others. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. And that's what he was saying, you know, and, and he's right. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you see it all the time. The talent versus tolerance equation when guys get in trouble, you know, if you got a lot of talent, you're liable to get that second chance a lot more easily than the 53rd guy on the roster. Mm. Um, although, you know, as Josh Silsbrew proves Jeffrey Lurie and I've always respected this about Jeffrey Lurie and he's been consistent you know you either believe in second chances or you don't you know simple and in the case of Josh you know some people will say he was acquitted and I was surprised you know when that happened because those were serious serious allegations ugly allegations Mark um and the Eagles got his stuff out of the locker room quick. I was like, well, we're never going to see Josh again. Um, but, you know, to their credit, the organization, um, he was acquitted. And they said, well, he's a part of the team. We're going to give him a chance to come back. Um, and the same thing with Devontae Smith. A lot of people had a problem with that. I don't know why. Devontae missed practice on Wednesday because he went out to Henry Ruggs' sentencing hearing. It's one of his best friends in the world. Obviously made a devastating mistake uh, that ruined his career, ruined people's lives, more importantly. But he's still his friend, you know? And he was back yesterday, and Jalen Hurts hugged him before practice. He's obviously, you know, broken up about it. That, to me shows the guy's character. You're not abandoning your best friend who made a horrific mistake and he's got to pay for it. Mm -hmm. No, certainly. Uh, yeah. Jeffrey Lurie throughout his tenure here has um, been a big proponent of second chances in, in many different facets. Uh, I'll add to that. Uh, I mentioned before the last break, John, we talk about the tight ends. Where are we at with the Eagles tight ends in honor of our friend, Jody McDonald, who's off day another day today. Uh, he'll be back with you guys. I think on Monday, uh, it's a very interesting thing here with the tight ends. I feel like in Philadelphia, we've been very, very used to the <clears throat> Brent Selleck to Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz to Dallas Goddard. Like, there's always been somebody there in the wings. And, they look, Goddard's still a guy, that, a prime athlete, so we're not looking for anyone to pass the baton to. But sometimes we can pull focus a little bit. I know they've been high on Tyree Jackson for a long time. He hasn't been able to kick the injury bug in the early goings of his career, making the transition from quarterback to now this monster at, what, six foot seven as a tight end, six foot eight as a tight end. Uh, they like what Stahl brings to the table um, at the, uh, the, uh, the, the tight end position. So where are they going here? Where are they going here when it comes to who is tight end two and three when it comes to this Eagles offense? Well, Jack Stoll is, is tight end two. I mean, that's not even a, a debate. 
Okay. Uh, so Dallas and, and Jack are locked in. And then it becomes who's going to be the third tight end. And I think it's going to be boring. At, at the beginning of camp, I thought Dan Arnold had a really good chance because of where this team is. Um, you know, he's a he's been a good receiver in this league for a long time, but he's not a very good blocker. He, he's bounced around, was really good in OTAs. Um, and I said, you know, that's a Super Bowl player. This is a Super Bowl contender. That's a guy that can help you maybe in week 13 make a big catch and get you over the top, win a big game. And it, whereas I would say if this were a five-win team, a six-win team, then you keep Grant Calcaterra because he's got a higher ceiling. He's younger. So I thought Dan Arnold had a really good chance to make this team, but he hasn't done much in training camp. So for now, I would say there it's going to be chalk and it's going to be Goddard Stoll and Calcaterra. Um, and they'll have some guys on the practice squad. Um, maybe even you go about it that way and keep Dan Arnold because he can have veterans on the practice squad now. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do, but for right now, I think, you know, Grant has outplayed Dan Arnold. I didn't think that would happen to be honest. And with Tyree. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to, he makes splash plays, but he doesn't do the little stuff. Well, and it makes sense. You know, he's a quarterback. He was a quarterback at Buffalo in college. He was a very good quarterback. That's a very difficult transition that was derailed twice because of pretty significant injuries. Um, I don't think he's 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 threatening uh, Grant Calcaterra at this point. Um, have we reached the end of the line with Tyree Jackson here in Philly? I'll never say that because the practice squad is sixteen guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, fair enough. And I think they can get them through waivers. And there's always the the physical gifts. And you say, well, if the light goes off, that could be something. And you've gotcha. seen it in Washington with Logan Thomas. That's what they were kind of hoping for. You know, he was a quarterback and pretty high-level quarterback in college and ultimately took years, but ultimately turned into a really good tight end. I think that's sort of the template they're they're hoping for. And I, he, I, he's still young. Keep him on the practice squad. I am at some point looking forward to another tight end target not named Dallas Goddard. I mean, this team's got plenty of weapons, so this is not a big glaring problem at all with the Eagles. But if they need a tight end to make a play for them in the event that Zach Ertz, and he has missed time in his career, very talented player. I said he's going to crack the top 100 next year if he stays healthy. He's been like the number one guy. Him and Landon Dickerson, I think, are top 100 guys next year. They stay healthy. But who's the guy that can catch a football after Dallas Goddard on this squad from the tight end position? Well, I, I think that's where – I and that's why I kind of thought Dan would make the team because Dan would be that guy, but he just hasn't had a great camp to this point. There's still time, you know, maybe shows up against Cleveland. Um Jack, though, he's not going to be splashy, but Jalen Hurts really trusts Jack Stoll. Um, and he mentioned it last year when Dallas was hurt. Um, the first rule of any receiver is don't fool the quarterback. Never fool the quarterback. Jalen Rager, 
always fooled the quarterback. That's why he's not here anymore. Um, he's out in Minnesota fooling Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, he's never where he's supposed to be. Jack's always where he's supposed to be. He's not going to be splashy. He's not going to make splashy plays. They don't have that player. They don't have. They don't have a. But he's a good blocker, so it's you know, it's kind of a. Most teams in the modern NFL don't have tight ends that can block well, and it affects the running game. The Eagles have two tight ends who can block, so that's kind of a positive. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly. Um, I'm just worried because we talk about injuries all the time, uh, and Dallas Goddard obviously plays a demanding position, and he's one hell of a run blocker, so they use him a lot in that, ass uh, that facet as well. So he is somebody who is uh, in peril more than just the average pass-casting tight end. The guy – can make plays with the ball in his hands, the ball targeted to him, or he can make plays by being able to throw his body around as well. Um, so definitely a concern. When we come back, speaking of concerns, there's something that the Eagles did this week with their roster that uh, raised some eyebrows, uh, and it came to that offensive line. We'll talk about that when we come back as far as uh, how can affect the um, the center position of the Eagles in the right guard spot as well. When we return here on Birds 365. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 down the show Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get... This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming... And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lost in the woods.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Welcome back, Brands 365. Mark Barzetta, John McMullen. I'm sitting in for Jody McDonald. Thanks, everyone, in the chat. We see your comments. We appreciate you guys coming up a little bit later in the show. Actually, at 9.20, Bo Wolf joining us at 9.20. Is that the, the time we got him, John? Uh, yeah, 9.20, Bo from The Athletic. Uh, doing a tremendous job with our other buddy, Zach Berman. Uh, yeah. So it's always fun to talk about. One of my... Uh, nemesis is when it comes to the 53 man roster. Challenge. Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, he's a, he's a multi time champion. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to Bo Wolf coming up at 9 20. So, look forward to that conversation with Bo. Bo does a, uh, a wonderful job covering things for the athletic. Uh, and I will say the podcast Birds with Friends. It's it, if you don't like the podcast in itself, it's at least the best name for a podcast. Birds with yeah, Friends, solid time, solid yeah. work. Bo's quirky like that. He always comes up with the turns of phrase that uh, work well. Uh, certainly. Uh, if you're just joining us, I do want to let you guys know uh, we have been picking the brain of the great John McMullen throughout the first hour of the show. John, you're feeling we see the young guys in preseason game number one with Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis. Uh, yeah, Jordan. You'll probably get some Jordan because Jordan's, uh, you know, not only – uh, still a very young player, but also it's one of the surprises as well, how much work he's gotten with the team, with the first team and four-man fronts. And I saw earlier you know, people complaining uh, uh, about Jalen Carter. I said, I'm surprised he's not getting reps with the first team. First team. You have to be very clear, Mark. Evidence. <laughs> uh, yeah, otherwise the comment section, man, can just go off. Yeah. Can just go off. Yeah, man. Um, but with Jordan, and that's one of the reasons why, is because Jordan's been getting so many reps uh, with the first team in 40 fronts, four-man fronts. I expected it in 50 fronts, uh, the five-man fronts. But he's been getting a lot of work in those four-man fronts. That surprises me because he's not known as a natural pass rusher, um, whereas Jalen Jalen Carter is. Um, that's been interesting. Uh, I'll be uh, interested to hear Bo's take on that because that's been one of the most interesting parts of camp to me. Um, it's how they've used Jordan Davis so much. Yeah. Uh, real quick, while we're talking about the comment, I do want to give a shout out to my uh, my lady Babs. I am in all. I'm all in on the Phillies, baby. Ah, you know it. Anyone who watches the post game show with me knows it as well. Uh, appreciates all you guys uh, that do watch that show. So I appreciate it. I'll be back with you guys tonight, as a matter of fact. Uh, after the Phillies, hopefully take yeah, it to Phillies, the Phillies are making a run, Mark. There they come. 
Yeah, I get. I do get geeked up when the Phillies go on their runs. Uh, John, help me, please. I need help. We all need help. So, um, you know, following the bouncing ball, that is, uh, you know, uh, formerly known as Twitter, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. And I see this thing about this uh, Josh Andrews character, and I'm like, oh, they brought in the Josh Andrews guy again. Okay, nice to see you there, Josh Andrews. And then uh, I see that uh, that uh, Brett Toth guy is like, Toth guy is like not center anymore, and Josh Andrews is now your backup center. So a couple of things, why and how, and then we'll take it a step, well, maybe 10 steps for, further. Further, If they need a long-term center, will we see Cam Jurgen slide into that starting center role if, God forbid, something happens to Jason Kelsey? Or would they go to Josh Andrews now as their backup center? How is that working if they have to shuffle the deck? Um, yeah, Cam Jurgens is the center, is the backup center. Uh, long term or just period uh pe- just period but um certainly long term even more so long term in your scenario there where jason kelsey gets injured which he never does he's played a hundred and whatever straight games knock but, on wood yes um yeah i mean that's easy you just move cam to center and then you figure out right guard with tyler steen or jack triscoll or insert name um Jeff Stoutland doesn't like moving parts, but, you know, Cam's so much better than any other option, and that's his natural position, and that's ultimately where he's going to play. So um, it makes sense. Now, the the bigger issue is what if he goes – what if Jason Kelsey goes down in-game, then what do you do in the short term? I still think it's Jurgens because I don't think Andrews is going to make the team. I think he's here because they wasted so many second team reps with Brett Toth um, throwing back worm burners to Marcus Mariota. You know, you're wasting reps. You know, you just want a guy to snap the football correctly. And it's not a coincidence that Marcus has been much better since Josh Andrews has gotten here because he's not, he's not playing shortstop. You know, he's not got it. And, and even when, you know, people overstate how many, you know, terrible snaps that didn't get back to Marcus. But even if it's off kilter, you know, and he's reaching for it, it, it ruins the, the timing of the play. And you're just wasting reps. So they brought in Josh. He, he's calmed it down immediately. But I, I don't think he's going to make the football team. They just, you know, if you think about it, you're probably going to keep nine offensive linemen. Um, and you, you have the five starters. You know Tyler Steen's going to make it. You know Jack Triscoll's going to make it. And, 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 and you know, from there, uh, you, there's some, it, you know, malleable names where you can talk about the, the Suo Pettis of the world. Um, the Dennis Kellys of the world are now here and Josh Sills, who we talked about a little bit. They, you know, they like Josh Sills as a football player. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't even think he's going to make the 53 man roster. So he can't be the backup center. So told to, do you say Toth or Toth? I, I, I say both, but (laughs) (laughs) so is he gone too? Is he gone too? Um, he might be gone, but I think he's got a better chance. 
remember, Brett is not a natural center. That's the issue. But he's been able to to play it, and they like that versatility and backup. He's a he played left tackle in college, um, and he can play guard. So he can play every position. So that kind of helps him as a backup. I think he's got a better chance than uh, Josh Andrews to make the team still because he can help you in so many different places. But the guys who are going to make it, Driscoll, Steen, are are no doubt about it, backups. I'm talking about the backup guys. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I think Sills is ahead of them. I think Toth is ahead of them. You could argue Suo, Peta. We don't even talk about Dennis Kelly. Is Dennis Kelly going to make this team? I, I Right now, I would say probably not. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Josh is going to be on the 53-man roster. He's here so they don't waste reps in, in training camp. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, when it, so he's a camp body, in other words, is, is the way to yeah, put it. Yeah, it's an ugly term, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. You need somebody to fill out the jersey. You need someone to snap the football to your backup yeah. quarterback to make sure he can stay as sharp as possible. Um, now, I do want to talk to you about some of the backups here, and Marcus Mariota certainly is one of them. Uh, things did not work out for him in Atlanta, in Atlanta last year as, as far as being their guy, uh, and now he's here in Philadelphia trying to uh, work on the game a little bit more and accepting that backup role. I like the fact that he's a similar style to Jalen Hurts. Of course, being a mobile quarterback, it certainly lends itself to being a similar style to Jalen Hurts. Uh, definitely a huge transition when it was uh, Gardner Minshew, especially for the run game. Those lanes weren't open when Gardner Minshew was uh, standing in at quarterback for the Eagles in the times that Jalen Hurts was hurt. So Marcus Mariota this year. Uh, the, the goal is he never plays. Of course, that's the dream scenario is that Jalen Hurts is healthy for the entire season and ball it out like he did last year. But Marcus Mariota, you mentioned he's looked better since he's actually gotten the ball in his hands as opposed to picking it up off the dirt. Um, does he look like a guy that is 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 starting to look a little bit more crisp? Is decision-making good? Does he look a little bit more accurate than what we've seen in years past? How is he looking so far in training camp? Uh, he's not the most accurate guy in the world. Um, he is still a very good runner. The Eagles' defense has had a really difficult time dealing with the quarterback run game. And that makes sense with Jalen, but they also can't stop Marcus. So, um, and Marcus is still very fast, very athletic. You mentioned the similar styles. Maybe that helps the coaching staff downplays that. I think they liked when not liked, but I think they got a little bit of a boost um, when Jalen was injured and they had to shift a little bit with Gardner. I think they like that. I think it challenged them. So I don't think the similar style means much to them. Um, can he throw the ball consistently? Probably not. Can he play? But, you know, if you need him for one or two games, he's a good backup. He's a he's a good backup. If, if you need him for half a season or, God forbid, more, I think you're in trouble. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But that's, you ha- that's most backups, Mark. I mean – Every once in a while, you get lightning in a bottle like Brock Purdy, which, by the way, will pay homage to Jody Mack, the biggest Brock Purdy fan in the world. <laughs> he's got he's got he's got the gold jacket already made for him. Um, that rarely happens when you get to your backup quarterback, and he was the third string quarterback. When you get to the backup, you're usually screwed in the NFL. 
Although, you know, Nick Bowles. Damn right, Nick. Might have heard him. Might have heard a pin, Mark. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, uh, there, friend. Um, did you see the the Carson Wentz hodgepodge? Uh, I did. Yeah. Did you instantly vomit? What did you do? What was yeah. your reaction? I like I like Carson um, personally. Well, the, 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 I, I like him personally too. But I'm, I'm just saying, is all the uh, the 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 the, the, the outfit was a little all uh, the swag. All all the swag, all the swag. He's, got, he's gotten over the years. You get the. You know the free shorts. You you want to show it off. Uh, you don't want I to just, keep it keep it in your trophy room um, or whatever. I guess you know he's got he's got a trophy. Um, <laughs> so you know, no, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I don't. Have uh, I just. I felt like when I saw that picture, my first thought was like it was almost like an infomercial. It was like, and you too could add to this collection. It was like that kind of thing for GMs yeah. around the NFL. Hey, you want Hey, you know what? I need a new armband. Maybe I'll get a New York Giants armband. You know, maybe. Could you imagine him back in the division of the back of quarterback? Um. Yeah, he's already been there. I mean, he's already when, been there. He, he really. He, that was the first sign the Eagles had a really good pass rush when Carson was just taking <laughs> uh, nine. Yeah, nine sacks. Um, yeah. I, I, look. That that's that's one of the we we talk about Jalen Hurts's ascension, you know the how rare it is from the improvement and what he's been able to become. The other side of that coin is we all thought Carson Wentz was a superstar. I mean, people can pretend they didn't. He was, you know, one of the, he was the runner up for MVP. He 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 would have won the MVP, I believe in 2017 mm -hmm. um if he had not gotten hurt and man it is a you know not a people person it, it, you know plays a position that demands almost that you're a people person um i don't think he i don't think he paid attention to his mechanics he spent you know he spent the the off season leading up to 2017 with Tom House and Adam Dadu out in Los Angeles, the sort of go to guys when it comes to mechanics, mm -hmm. and he had this great year and he never went back. Part of it was the pandemic. Coincidentally, who was Jalen Hurts working with before last season? Tom, Tom House. House and then Adam. Um, you know, but Jalen's the kind of guy who's going to keep doing it, keep doing it, and keep doing it. And, and just getting better and better for whatever reason. Again, part, part of it was the pandemic, but, you know, John DiPolippo was always hard on, on Carson when it came to improving his mechanics and just fell off. And then the injuries, that's part of it as well, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah, sure, sure. Well, I will say this because I am surprised. And to, to your point, you talk about the ascension and you talk about everybody anointing them, you know, the savior of the organization, whatever. It is very similar, the, the, the things we were saying about Jalen Hurts and the things we were saying about Carson Wentz. But the saving grace for me is that I feel like with Jalen Hurts, we've had a vision into his mindset more so than we have had with Carson Wentz. And when we did get a vision into the Carson Wentz mindset, it was not good. It was the stories coming out, multiple uh, publications putting out stories about how he was in the locker room. Uh, the story about Darren Sproles and him in the locker room where Wentz was sulking about how great the team was doing without him. And Darren Sproles is like, dude, this is our 
we're still on the team. Like they win, we still get a ring. Like you got to cherish this now as this veteran rook or this veteran talking to this younger quarterback. So things came out about that. Jalen Hurts to me and everything he has said, whether it was before last year and people are talking about trading for Aaron Rodgers, the stories are out there about trading for Russell Wilson, uh, making a trade for possibly Deshaun Watson. Every time Jalen Hurts was asked about it, I'm above it all. I can only control what I can control. It wasn't, uh, you know, like some kind of carbon answer, carbon copy answer that the organization gave him to say that had no meaning or uh, genuineness to it. Now, there's nothing. Everything was genuine about it. And I feel like that gives me, knowing his mindset, his mentality, makes me have so much more confidence in what Jalen Hurts has than what Carson Wentz had during his ascension to uh, the, 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 nick, the nickname of Ginger Jesus, people were calling Ginger him. Ginger Jesus, yes. You know, who doesn't get enough credit, Mark, is Nick Saban. Man, he, 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 he's got – because it's not only Jalen – you know, if you think about Devontae Smith, if you think about Landon Dickerson, um, Landon Dickerson is hilarious to me because if you talk to Landon Dickerson, you think he's the worst player in the world. He's like, I stink. I'm terrible. I'm that. He he just puts this mindset and people will bring because I brought up Henry Ruggs. Look, you know, nobody's but, but Henry Ruggs was a heck of a football player, um, you know. When it comes to football, those guys are so locked in. Um, it's kind of amazing uh, the training they get um, and the rat poison and all that kind of stuff and trying to avoid all that. So I think he doesn't get enough credit because when guys come out of that school, they are generally ready for the NFL. Certainly. Uh, I'm a big fan of Landon Dickerson. He is a very funny guy. Um, and beyond the overalls, he is, he's just a funny, mentally speaking, he's a funny dude. Uh, we're going to speak to Bo Wolf coming up in just a second here on Birds 365. That, of course, is John McMullen. My name is Mark Farzetta filling in for Johnny McDonald. Bo Wolf from The Athletic talking all things birds with us here on Birds 365. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Mark Farzana, filling in for Jody Mutado. We got John McMullen right there. And from The Athletic and one of the greatest titles of a podcast ever, Birds with Friends, Bo Wolf joins us. What's going on, Bo? How we doing, guys? (laughs) Doing Doing fantastic. Uh, I want to jump right into it. A lot of people talking about uh, starters uh, coming up here in the preseason. What are your expectations? We'll just start it with Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, the offensive line, those guys. How much of them are you expecting to see on Saturday night, if at all? Uh, yeah, like next to nothing. Uh, I mean, they've got they got a, a game on Thursday after this, and they've got joint practices starting on Monday, Tuesday. I would be shocked if we see, I mean, a series at absolute most. Yeah. Um, I, I guess what I'm wondering about, Bo, because I, I think, you know, Jalen has enough cachet now runner-up for MVP, you know, third amongst his peers in the top 100. You know, I asked him yesterday, hey, what's your thought process on preseason football? And he's like, hey, if there's a game I want to play, can he go to Nick Sirianni and say, I, I want a series? And I, I think he might have that cachet to pull that off. And if he does, Bo. Why would he do that, though? Well, because that. he likes he likes to play. He, he wants you to think he wants to. He doesn't, he doesn't want to waste a, a game. Come on, I'm, I'm talking about one series. That's all I'm talking about. Last year in the first, the Ravens uh, aren't playing their starters, right? So it's not like he's going to be getting good work in. You know, he'd be, he'd no, be going up well, against and the plus Ravens the backup. timing. You no, know, I said to Mark, my thought is because of the timing of the Cleveland practices, you're right back at it. The Cleveland practices to me have more to do with it. Uh, you're going to be there Monday and Tuesday to join practices. Right. So I'm still leaning that way. We're not going to see the starters at all. But I just leave that slight little tint open. And if he wants to play and if he pulls it off, then the offensive line's get. You're not going to put him out behind the backup offensive line. But we're talking one series. Yeah, but like that's the Jets the thing. he's not just doing it for him. If he does that, he has to know that he's he has to make, you know, <laughs> 85-year-old Jason, Jason Kelsey lace yeah. it up and play a series. He has to make Lane Johnson that's, do it. Like That's the best point you made, the 85-year-old Jason <laughs> He's Kelsey. trying to be a good teammate. I mean, yeah. I think we, I think we might see Cam Jurgens play, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He probably needs the reps, and yeah. they want to see him at right guard. I think, like, I don't know, does maybe Quez Watkins plays? I think I think Wes plays. And, like, starts Quez on the outside. And they, they, yeah. they, they see him and Alameda together. Um, yeah. Maybe the running backs get a couple carries. You know, well, maybe they like, got five first team runners. Well, though. exactly. So some of them, yeah. ha- at least one of the starting yeah. running backs, has to yeah. play, right? Yeah. Uh, unless Kennedy Brooks is playing 100 percent of the snaps. 
Now, Bo, um, you used to work for the Eagles, for those who don't know, before he, he moved to the athletic. Uh, uh, BLG, our buddy at, at Bleeding Green Nation, uh, picked up, I guess, uh, a former intern was on Ross Tucker's podcast and let the cat out of the bag. He was dull. 22. Yeah. And he was doing the depth chart. People get so proud. Well, he, he didn't up say that he was thing. doing the depth well, chart. Well, he, he was, was like, yeah, he was putting updated. it on the website. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. done by the PR staff. It is yeah. not done by, done and by the and that, That's also staff. so that the coaching staff has plausible deniability. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> and I told Mark, yeah, Nick Sirianni's <laughs> not coming down with the envelope from Price Waterhouse to uh, here's the depth <laughs> charts. Uh, yeah. It's Bob Lang and company. Um, why do people get so fired up about uh, that first unofficial depth chart? I think we've sort of crossed the line now to where people are upset about people getting upset about the depth chart <laughs> and no one's actually getting upset about the depth chart. Oh, all right. I think it's their list. It's the it's the Eagles list. And everyone gets pissed about lists nowadays. You get the top 100. You argue about that. You bitch and moan about that. And now the Eagles essentially, even if it's not by the coaching staff, the, the Eagles are still putting it out there saying, here's our list. Here's our top players in every position. But the fact that they bunched, the, as John pointed out, they bunched the five running backs in that same category. They did the same thing with the Will in linebacker alphabetical order, by the and, way. Now, but, hey, but you know what? Kenny Game Will still first. Yeah. Um, and then they bunched up the, the, the Will linebackers the, 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 with the strong or free safety, whatever you want to call it, uh, with Kayvon Wallace and Terrell Edmonds. So I understand that it's, to your point, about uh, plausible deniability. Uh, but for the people at home, when you're looking at this team and you're watching them in training camp, look at those position battles right now. Just get away from the starters for a second for this preseason game because we all know probably not. You're probably not going to see a lot of the even one-year, two-year veteran players playing that are starters. But when it comes to the position battles right now, we know right guard for the most part is settled. It is settled. Let's go to the safety spot. Kayvon Wallace, Terrell Edmonds right now. Who is the leader in the clubhouse for week one of the regular season, who do you think will be that starting safety next to Reed Blankenship? I, I kind of think it might still be Sidney Brown. Oh, I think. Wow. Oh, well, from the top rope. Why? Ooh, How is Sidney Brown making that up? I think after this game, you're going to see some depth chart movement. If you look at everything they've done with the rookies, right? Like Jalen Carter is not working with the ones. He took like a couple snaps with the ones on Thursday. That was like the first time we've seen that. Nolan Smith only in like, injury forced situations has been with the ones they're yeah. starting all these rookies like this. They have to work their way and, and earn their way up the depth chart. I think after this game, you're going to see some movement and you're going to start to see Sidney Brown getting some reps with the ones. Um, and I, I don't believe that it will be Kayvon Wallace. To me, it's a, it's a race between Edmonds and, uh, and Sidney Brown. And right now I, I still kind of think it's going to be Blankenship and Brown week one. Um, what surprised me about Sydney, and you're right, obviously, about Jalen and, and Nolan, and I've been surprised uh, that Jalen, they've been so slow with Jalen Carter, um, and we'll see how that shakes out. After. Have you been impressed with Jalen Carter, John? Not, not that much, but here's why I'm surprised, Bo. Um, I, I mean, I expected a ton of Jordan Davis in 50 fronts, but not in 40 fronts. Like I, that really surprised me. If you're asking me the biggest surprise of training camp, uh, at least among the relevant people, is how much Jordan Davis has gotten and gotten first team reps in those 40 fronts. That, that, that has surprised me. I thought they'd speed up Jalen Carter a little bit quicker, but you're right. He hasn't been. Overly... I just like, I, I, I read some places that he's having like this, this great camp and no, I, that's not what I no, see. Yeah. No, I haven't 
I haven't seen that. With Sydney, though, here's my concern. Like, he's going backwards. Justin Evans was getting more second. Where'd that come from? It's like, I, I maybe it's just a recalculation. Um, and it's been, you know, that big nickel's been Terrell and, and Kayvon. And, and ultimately, I think they're going to get to Sidney Brown. But I don't think they're getting to him week one. I think, you know, the hope is, he seems to me, and let me get your thought on this. He's always going a million miles an hour. He's got to slow down a little bit. Sure. He's got this tremendous burst, but he's just going a little bit too fast. Well, here's here's my case for for doing it week one. Is you, This is a new defense anyway, right? It's a new defensive coordinator. You're expecting growing pains, right? It's going to be a process over the yeah, the first half of the season, right? So why not let Sidney Brown be a part of that process and grow with the rest of the guys who have to grow? It's not like you're expecting to go into the playoffs week one, right? I think I think if you expect that Sidney Brown's going to be the starter at some point this season, you might as well let him start week yeah, one. That's a fair point. Jim Swartz is coming back in. So get the startup cost over. That was Jim's, you know, startup <laughs> cost. Get him over. Get him over with. I see uh, that. I see that, but it concerns me when I see Justin Evans getting it's like, where did that come from? He's getting snaps ahead of Sidney Brown. It could be just be, you know. Uh, I think early on, it's every every uh, tie goes to the veteran, and I think it takes a little bit longer for them to break those ties. Understood. Uh, one more I want to ask you about is the linebacker position. Some people not so uh, bullish on the Kobe Dean. I understand that he hasn't really given a lot of people to be anything to be bullish about, really, to this point. Uh, one, do you think he plays on Saturday night? And two, do you think he will be their starting middle linebacker when the season starts? I'm not sure if he's going to play on Saturday night. I didn't think that he was going to, but then he was a full participant. Yeah, at practice I was surprised they made him a full participant, though. So oh. I think the, I think he might play a couple of series. Um, listen, he needs those reps. Like he he barely played on defense last year, so I think they probably do want to see him play if he's healthy enough to play. I definitely think that he will be out there week one. Um, I would be I would be pretty shocked if that's not the case. I think I think part of the reason for signing both of those guys, Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham. I don't necessarily take it as like we're out on Nicobe Dean, but I take it as listen, this is a guy who had like questions about whether he could hold up at the NFL level coming into the draft. He's already injured now. We need to have a real backup plan. And I think that's I think that's why they went, you know, volume there. I think he's gonna be the week one starter. I don't really have a sense yet of whether I think, you know, Miles Jack or Zach Cunningham is ahead of the other. Um, I've been a little bit, I mean, it's been like three practices. I've been a little bit more impressed with Zach Cunningham, but, but I don't really have a strong opinion about that. And I actually think that Christian Ellis like might be the best linebacker on the team. Yeah, he um, might I'm be a little, bit, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit high on Christian Ellis. So. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think there's a chance that, uh, it's N'Kobe Dean and Christian Ellis week one still, uh, even with miles Jack and Zach Cunningham here. But when it comes to those two guys, and they threw him in the deep end of the pool, I, I, what I kind of got from it, Bo, is that they seem to think Zach is is the better run defender, and they seem to think Miles is the better pass defender. Could they ultimately, if Christian Ellis doesn't seize the role, could they piecemeal it like that? Say Zach Cunningham, early downs, Miles Jack, obvious passing situations. 
yeah, I think that's definitely on the table. I think, and that's probably the best thing to do, right? If if you don't have any complete players, you might as well uh, put them on the field for what they can do best. Oh, uh, Bo, that, 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 uh, I'm sorry. That gets me the yeah. running back. Sorry, Mark. No, it's all right. Because I, I am not a committee fan. I think all this committee talk is nonsense. Uh, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm not going to call it bell cow, but they're going to have a lead back. They're going to have a lead back. And the depth chart, the unofficial depth chart, the five guys in alphabetical order, it's been pretty clear to me, so I want to run it by you, that if, if Saturday was a real game, Kenny Gainwell's the lead back of the Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think, I think, I, first of all, I don't necessarily agree that they want to have a bell cow. Um, I think they know that they need to play the long game here and they want to have options down the stretch. And so it makes sense, especially early in the season, to to split that time, um, especially when you have a guy like Rashad Penny who, who you know can't stay healthy. Um, I think if they could pick who their lead running back is going to be, I think they would want it to be DeAndre Swift. Um, I think they like the idea of what he brings to the table in the passing game. I think he has the most explosiveness. I'm a little bit skeptical that he is who they think he is. And so I agree with you that, in the long run, I would bet on Kenny Gainwell like leading the running backs in snaps this season because I think he's the most reliable of the group. Um, but I, I think that they want it to be DeAndre Swift because he has the highest upside. And then, you know, he's it's it's the last year of his rookie deal. You, you sort of play the the Miles Sanders game and he can he can go sign elsewhere and get a comp pick in the offseason. But do you think it's out of the realm of possibility that you have Kenny Gainwell as sort of your leading rusher, your leader in, in, in rushing attempts, and you would have DeAndre Swift as your leading receiver out of the backfield? Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of shifted from the start of camp. Oh, I'm with you. I think they wanted it to be DeAndre. I think they got to camp and they said, DeAndre kind of kicks it outside. He's always that guy. And, you know, it's weird to me because of Kenny's side. When they were backed up the other day at the link, Kenny Gainwell. When they're in the red zone, Kenny Gainwell. Like high leverage situations, he's the guy they trust. So it, it day one, I think they were like, all right, Swift's going to be the guy and Kenny's going to be the third down hurry up guy. Now I think it's flipped. I think Kenny's going to be the guy and Swift's going to be the third down. I don't know about hurry up. I still think it might be Gainwell. I think, yeah, he's, I think he's earned that role. I, yeah. It's interesting because it's an interesting sort of philosophical question for the offense because you've got this running back friendly scheme, right? The most running back friendly offense in the league because yes. you get to play next to Jalen Hurts and you get to play behind this offensive line. And so do you want the guy who you know is going to take what's there in Kenny Gainwell, who is reliable because he doesn't get hurt or hasn't gotten hurt yet? And if you look at the the numbers, he is – uh, better than any running back in the league over the past two years at getting positive yards. He's the only running back who has uh, gained positive yards on over 90% of his carries over the past two seasons. So if you have Kenny Gainwell back there, you know that he's going to get what's blocked and he's going to get downhill. Or when you have this running back friendly offense, do you want to invite the, the variance and have a guy like DeAndre Swift who might be like Miles Sanders last year where there are times when it's blocked for him to get four or five yards and he gets you know, negative one because he tries to bounce it outside. But there are times when he bounces it outside and he's able to get 30 yards on one that you would have thought would have gained four or five yards. So 
I, I don't know how they feel about that. I don't know what their answer to that is. I think um, Rashad Penny is like sort of a lottery ticket for them. I'm not even 100% sure he's going to make the team, but but I'm curious because like his numbers are so good when he is healthy. And then, John, what are you, are you like a Trey Sermon guy? Because everybody's no, so I've been, interested I haven't in, seen I haven't seen it. Yeah, the next Trey play Sermon. he makes for the Eagles, it will be the first. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So uh, but I'm curious I, to see what he does in the preseason. I, I'm curious to see what Rashad does because I'm, I'm with you. I think he could be the Anthony Harris type player. Like if he's the lead back, um, obviously he's the lead back. If he's not, he might be off the roster. Um, you know, because where where else is he going to help? Maybe that kickoff returner they they put him back there, but he could be sort of that guy who's starter or off the roster. That's kind of how I look at Rashad Penny. Yeah, and there's no guaranteed money on his deal, basically. No. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Bo, I want to get off the field for a second and go to the sidelines here. Uh, the coordinators before training camp, uh, before preseason. Two new guys at the helm here for the offense and the defense of Sean Desai and Brian Johnson. Some not so great things being said about uh, Sean Desai right now. A little disorganization, having to be reminded of uh, you know by Howie Roseman what drill they're in. That's obviously not a good look. Uh, and Brian Johnson has this great relationship with Jalen Hurts, but they haven't had this relationship together of play caller and quarterback. So anything is there any uh, you know hands being tipped as far as the relationship goes between those coordinators and their offense and defensive units. Well, I guess on the, on the communication thing on defense, I mean, that was a, such a bizarre scene at, yeah, at, that was uh, great. At the stadium. <laughs> I had never seen like how we do something like that. That was wild. And I actually yeah. don't think that that was necessarily on Desai. Like I think what happened is Sirianni was going off script. They were supposed Ooh. to do ones versus ones and Sirianni was changing it up on the fly and the headset wasn't working or whatever. But still, like, shouldn't there be somebody else who can be who can do that other than yeah. other than Howie Roseman? Well, Howie's closest, so you know, yeah. it was, was probably overblown, but that was wild. And and Nick took, you know, I asked him that yesterday, Bo, and he said he made some mistakes, but that was with the open practice, not in that practice when he was talking about communication. He, but I think that's why better. they went back. Yeah, right? because that's they why they those... went back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they're making more communication errors. So. <laughs> I don't know how much it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think it's reasonable to expect you know the defense to be that good week one. I think there's going to be some growing pains um, because not only do they have a new coordinator, but they got a lot of new players too. Yeah, and um, like the entire spine of the defense is is different. So, uh, I don't have huge expectations for the defense early on. Um, mm -hmm. On offense, I don't know how this is going to go, and I and I think that we maybe um, undersell the offensive coordinator change because, you know, last year we all we heard about was like, you know, this is the first time in like 10 years that Jalen Hurts gets to play for the same play caller for the second season in a row. And just because he has a good relationship with Brian Johnson doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to uh, be a seamless transition. All that said, though, like I'm not worried about the offense. They have uh, so much talent. On they offense. have so much talent. Yeah. I, you know, Jalen looks better than he ever has looked before in the summer. Um as long as they stay healthy, I don't have any doubt that they're going to be, you know, a top five offense. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I'm not concerned about the offense at all. Um, defensively. Um, yeah. Five new starters, not only Jonathan Gannon, but also Denard Wilson's not here. Nick Rollis isn't here. So significant change on the coaching staff as well. But one guy I've been impressed with just rock solid every single day. 
but Wolf, sort of like you, Reed Blankenship. I mean, my guy. At what at what point do you just say, all right, you know, the league got it wrong? You know, undrafted, five grand. This guy can play. Yeah, I was. I said it last summer. I was. He was my guy. He was my training camp crush. I said it the first week of camp. This guy yeah. can play. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's he's been very good. Now you know he's not uh, he's not Brian Dawkins. Let's no. not get ahead of it ourselves. No, no, but he, no. I think he's very reliable. Um. And I think um he's not gonna he's not gonna kill them on defense. I think I think he's a he's a good player. And listen, it, it's not like. It's not Did like you Eagles expect talk. every first team rep though? When you talk about these safeties and Reed and Terrell and 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 and, and Justin Evans and Sidney Brown and Kayvon, every first team rep and and everybody else is doing the juggling. Right, Reed's out there. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't know exactly how they were going to split the reps, but I said going into camp that that Reed Blankenship's going to be a starter, and it's going to be either Edmonds or or Brown next to him. I think I think he played very well last year. He started five games. He played yeah. very well. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one where I hope it was my assumption that the Eagles would take uh, more, I guess, pride in TJ Edwards, you know, finding him, developing him into a really good player, not a superstar, but a really good player. Um, You know, my buddy, Brad Spielberger, I think, when he got to free agency, talked about three years and ten million. He's usually pretty solid uh, predicting contracts. If you would have told me, Bo, six and a half million, I would have said, "All right, the Eagles will bring him back." And then you you, you go with Nicobe Dean, um, and you're set at linebacker moving forward. Um, have the Eagles taken it too far at linebacker with the devaluation? I think they would say that the pride they take is um, paid off in the in the comp pick that they get for for TJ Edwards. Um, I I just this is this is the their DNA. This is what they do. And when you know that um, the resource allocation is going to be a little bit more pronounced, and you're going to be paying the quarterback, and you have to make tough decisions, you have to go light somewhere. They're always going to go light at linebacker. Um, that's just what they're going to do. And I think it's probably the right thing to do. Um, you know, I, like on a on a personal basis, I think linebackers and running backs should get paid more money. But if I was a general manager, I would not be paying money to linebackers and running backs. They're, they are just the most um, uh, fungible positions. And like TJ Edwards is a good player. But the lesson of TJ Edwards being a good player is that you can find players like TJ Edwards like late in the draft yeah, but my argument to that would be uh, Eric Wilson and LJ sure. Ford. And, you know, they've tried this time and time again. And usually, sure. It's I was actually, it, I positive. was more surprised that they didn't uh, draft a linebacker late or really, you know, Ben Van Sumeren is the only undrafted guy they signed. Um, and he's much more of a project. I would have expected that they would have had uh, somebody else, you know, like a Sean Bradley type. Um, that they wanted to add, but I'm not surprised that they let TJ Edwards go. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm with you there. And I mean, you also go back to Alex Singleton. Now, TJ Edwards, obviously a better player, but it's still undrafted player that became your starting middle linebacker and you know, led your team in tackles and all that. So three years in a row, you've had team your team led by uh, led in tackles by an undrafted middle linebacker. That and this year it's going to be Christian Ellis. 
And then yeah. this is going to be Chris Nelson will be the guy. Um, but I, if I'm the Eagles and I'm looking at Nicobe Dean right now, I feel like if I'm Howie Roseman or I'm the front office, this could be a huge brag for me because you could talk about a guy that a lot of people thought had first round talent would go in the second round and then, of course, drop to the third and you snatch him up there. And now he's going to be your starting linebacker. I could come out of this smelling like roses and again, still getting that compensation pick from TJ Edwards. So if I'm the Eagle, if I'm Howie Roseman, I just sit back, put my feet up and go, this could work out really, really well for us. And if it doesn't, it's only a linebacker as they're also probably thinking of. Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, you know, the league has changed, right? Like we haven't seen a single snap the entire summer with three linebackers on the field. Right. Yeah. So we, we never need... will, but yet we have those four, three depth charts. They play four, three or three, four, Bo. Right. Uh, yeah, drives me insane. That's yeah, my so I mean, the only yeah. need they only need three linebackers to get through the season, probably right. And so, they'll well, that three, all four, right, and we'll see what happens. We're gonna end it there because the bow's a heavyweight at bow underscore wolf, uh, 53 man roster prediction. Bow is the bane of my existence. <laughs> I'm a former champion, he's a former multi time champion. Row, very proud of that. Uh, he's always holding it over. Yeah, but Jimmy holds heads. the Jimmy has the crown. Jimmy right now. Jimmy Pepsi is the current champion. Uh, we'll give Jimmy a shout out as well. Um, I want to ask your thought process. To me, and I want to ask you, it's become more, much more difficult with the expanded practice squads. There's much more strategy to it than there used to be. There's a lot of I invite uh, the strategy. That's yeah, that's, I do that's like up the level strategy. of difficulty. It does. It's it too was, easy to win three in a row. That that then there he is three in a row from Bo Wolf. But um, I've the, seen his banner at the Novacare Complex. It's pretty you know, the, <laughs> There's a flag. The, the bested veterans. You can you can cut a guy, bring him back for week two, so you don't have to guarantee the money. All this kind of stuff. So you kind of alluded to it, but how how much more difficult it is for is it for you now, Bo, to sort of figure out what Howie's thinking when he's not yelling at Sean Desai? Well, John, I don't want to give you any of my secrets. Wow, I know. Well, you, you already put it up. This is like a competitive way, advantage thing. I'm not going <laughs> to check, uh, check out Zach, Zach Berman, uh, Bo's colleague, friend of the show as well. Uh, you guys just gave out your. We did. Yeah. We just put up a, a 53. So I can today. read it. Oh, yeah, I know. It's on the athletic. So yeah. you, you, anybody can read it. Um, I think it is. I think it is more difficult. Um, I think there are a few ones this year where. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they cut both punters, right? Like there's such a long time between the roster cutdown and week one yeah. that there are some spots where they could go really light initially, knowing that they can back. I always cut the long snapper too. Right. You, know? you can do that with Lovato. Um, yeah. Like, I think that the interesting ones this year are linebacker and offensive line, where I think the numbers that they carry initially might not match the numbers that they're going to have week one like you can theoretically uh put dennis kelly and josh andrews on the practice squad and promote one of them if you need them and then pull them up as a vested veteran eventually you can maybe do the same thing with with one of those two linebackers um the position where, where like what if they go really heavy like could they carry seven defensive tackles oh my god they 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 have to keep i'm talking defensive front as a whole minimum minimum 11 minimum yeah and they, and they might get to i think 12, it might be 13 and it might make it might get up to 13 um 
it's absurd how deep they are. They're really, really deep. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's like, this is one where I was talking about, I, I'm curious to see in the game on Saturday night, because the third team defensive line and the second team defensive line have just been killing the, the second team and third team. Offensive oh yeah. Lines. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And like, so is it the case that they're going to come in and kill the Ravens offensive line too? And maybe we'll get to see the backup Eagles offensive line do a little bit better against a Ravens front. That's not as good. Or is it going to be like, oh, wow, this this offensive line depth really is. A How big would it be if Tanner McKee stops the greatest streak in sports history? 23 consecutive. Well, there's two there's two big Tanner, there's two big streaks here. One is the Raven streak. The other is Tanner McKee, uh, who has attempted uh, like, you know, 100 passes in camp and none of them have been longer than 20 yards. <laughs> so let's see if he can he can finally uncork yeah. a deep ball. <laughs> uh fair point uh make sure you follow Bo on x this is the first time uh i can say drop that ecstasy and then follow at at Bo (laughs) underscore wolf uh the athletic uh philadelphia theathletic.com backslash billy and you too can see him and zach berman's latest 53 man roster projection if you so be, I'm not looking because that's one thing, you know, Bo, I don't like, there was that wrangling back and forth. I'm above board with this stuff. I don't want the title. If I didn't earn it, I don't mm. want the title. I'm going to start, I'm going to start throwing in some, because we're going to have to do a few more of these before the camp is over. I'm going to yeah. throw in some, some red herrings. All right. <laughs> I'm not, hey, I've got I'm Eli Ricks on the team. I'm not going to be affected. Nick Sirianni competitive advantage. not going to work against me, but okay. All right, just does it. Wow, I'm learning a lot about the the relationship between you two. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, Bo, great catching up, brother. Thanks so much. Check out everything he's got. Birds with friends, uh, his uh, final training camp roster, the depth chart, all that fun stuff, and of course from the athletic as well. Bo, great catching up, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bo. I had no idea you guys had that kind of relationship. That was awesome. Uh, he takes pride. <laughs> he should. Yeah, you know, he should. Yes. Yeah, uh uh yeah he won three consecutive i believe if i get it wrong he'll correct me the apple of your eye the apple of your eye uh in the words of your friend jody mcdonald i believe we have to come back and uh put a bow on the show do we not put a bow on the show nicely done mark nice we'll be back in a minute Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. 
and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Welcome back, Birds 365. Mark Barzetta for Jordan McDonald. John McMullen right there. You guys in the chat, nice to see you. Uh, one thing I do like seeing in the chat, was it Daz that said it? Um, oh, yeah, Ed Reed Blankenship. Is a football player. No, I do. No, I, I would not go that far. No, 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 I mean, well, why not? He's just getting started. You know yeah. what I mean? What? What? Uh, let's get crazy. I'm not, not going to go Hall of Fame just yet. <laughs> for, uh... No, I do love Reed Blankenship. Big fan. Big fan of Reed Blankenship. Yeah. Uh, John McMullen. In order to put a bow on this show, I believe we have to talk about that preseason game tomorrow night. What should Eagles fans be happy with? If they see this in the game, and you can give me a couple of things if you want, but if they see this in the game, Eagles fans should be happy. What What do you think those things are? Um, I want to see Jalen Carter dominate against backup players. On my list. Because it's been, um, as Bo kind of mentioned, he hasn't stood out in, in training camp. I'm a little disappointed uh by that to be honest um obviously the linebackers miles jack zach cunningham i think are 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 going to get thrown into the deep end of the pool we got to see if they have anything left i think that's important um josh job has had a tremendous camp i should have i meant to ask bo about him he's been tremendous um and uh, the depth they have at cornerback, we talked about the depth they have on the defensive front. They also have really good depth at cornerback now, uh, which has not been the history of the Philadelphia Eagles in recent years. Um, they got a lot of, they haven't played a lot, but they got a lot of talent behind. We know how good Slay and Bradbury Maddox are, but they have a lot of talent now behind them with young players and, that's a positive. I want to see some of those young guys and, uh, you know, Aaron Cipas. It's not sexy, but I don't think he's getting beat out by Ty Zetner, but that's a situation where, as Bo kind of mentioned, he might cut both punters and get somebody else. He's got a, 
he's got to play. He's got to punt well. Um, okay. To keep his job. All right. Well, you mentioned one that's definitely on my list there in Jalen Carter. I remember last year with Jordan Davis, he was able to break through that offensive line uh, once or twice. And it was like, yeah, this guy's ready to move mountains. He's ready to move mountains at the NFL level. Uh, how about Nolan Smith? Am I going to see that speed that I've been hearing so much about at the NFL level? Am I going to get a yeah. chance to sample that? And 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 by the way, you're also going to see the speed from uh, Sidney Brown, what we're talking about, the, the burst. But let's see if it's heading in the right direction or the wrong direction. Uh, yeah, all the rookies. I mean, Nolan, no, Nolan's got a lot of Brandon Graham in him. High energy, um, always going, uh, got the high motor, as they say, on the defensive front. So you're going to see some good things out of him. Um, I'm more interested, like I know Nolan can go after the quarterback. I mean, he's just so fast, so quick. Mini Hassan Raddick, yada, yada, yada. Um, can he hold up? Because he's really undersized. You'll probably notice it right away as a as a defensive uh, in run support uh, playing on the edge. So that to me is more important with Nolan Smith. And yeah, we still got a bunch of Sidney Brown truthers. Uh, <laughs> and maybe Bo's right. Maybe Bo is right, and things change after this game, and Cleveland shows up, and he's getting first team reps. Um. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. All right. Yay or nay? Because I know you weren't sure, and then he was not a limited participant. He was a full participant. Will we see Nicobe Dean on Saturday night? I'm going to go yay because they All made right. him a full participant, and he needs – he's not he, he's not entrenched. He needs reps. He needs reps. Um, right. Not a ton, but a little bit, a little bit. Get your feet wet. Get your yeah. feet wet again. Get used to calling the signals. Get used to hearing your new defense coordinator over there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, I'm with you there. Uh, you and Bo have both convinced me with the upgrade from limited to full participant. He will be out there for at least a series just to get his feet wet um, with the defense. Maybe he saw them sign uh, Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham and say, I'd better get back to practice. Oh, I without question. I have, That was a motivating factor. For Nicobe Dean. But hey, it's preseason. I'm excited for it because it's still Eagles football. This has been Birds 365. Uh, John McMullen, when do you head down to Balmer? Um, uh, tomorrow. It's a day trip, uh, Mark. So yeah, I'm probably yeah. trying to get there as late as possible. So probably 3.30. <laughs> uh, get a crab cake lunch and then head over to the stadium? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to have time. Hopefully they have crab cakes there. Um, you know, maybe they feed us. Maybe they feed us with crab cakes. Sometimes uh, they have the little, like, little tiny crab cake balls. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like, like the hors d'oeuvres, the, the wedding appetizer, whatever. That's what yeah. I'm banking on. Uh, I'm not stopping at Jimmy's Seafood as Ooh, of now. That's as my place, now. man. That's but yeah. I've gone to Jimmy's since I was Free a plug. Free plug. I've gone there since I was a wee, wee lad, my friend. My mom's yeah. family's from down. My mom grew up down the street from Jimmy's. Um, John, it's been a pleasure this entire week getting to talk football with you, man. Hopefully I get to do it again in the not-too-distant future. Jody Mack will be back with you on Monday, recapping all that happened over the weekend. Uh, they got uh, – what else we got? We got Sports Take coming up at noon with Rob Ellis and Derek Gunn. And then, of course, it's the National Football Show with our man Dan Cilio. John McMullen, an absolute pleasure, brother. Thanks so much and safe travels. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the heavy lifting uh, <laughs> for the great Mark Farzetta. I appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. Everybody in the chat, everybody watching, thanks so much. Uh, Tone, the stars at night are 
big and bright deep in the heart of Texas. Thanks for producing the show. Did a phenomenal job as per usual. Have a great weekend. And of course, go birds. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.